Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Passing Shop with Joel and Kim, supported by DownloadTennis.com. On today's Wimbledon Round 2 catch-up. Andy Murray wins a five-set thriller. Victoria Azarenka crashes out to Castella. And Emma Raducanu's dream debut continues into round three. Kim, round two is done and dusted. It's been a fairly dramatic last couple of days. I think maybe the first the first half of round two was more dramatic than the day we, we've just had, uh, particularly maybe on, on the men's side. Felt today very much was the the calm after the storm, but we have been there in the thick of it. It's been great to get the passing shot back out, watching all the all the grass court action. Yeah, we had some great women's matches today, but the men's matches, I think, were a lot more straightforward, especially on the show courts. And but I, I mean, I think it would be really hard for them to have lived up to the drama <laughs> of Wednesday evening with Andy Murray. I mean, that was just insane. And we will be discussing that a bit later on. I think we'll let's start with today, day four. Uh, we were both on site today. I think you were in, in court one, weren't you, Joel? Um, and I was around the grounds. We did make sure to catch a bit of, of ground pass action as well, because we both started, didn't we, with a bit of Bedosa versus Putintseva on... Uh, I can't, which court were we on? We were on court... Court 17. Court 17. Yeah, yeah I thought that one might be a bit more of a, a closer affair but mm. uh, in the end Bedosa you know one in straight sets but I thought it was an enjoyable first set and I hadn't actually seen Bedosa play I don't think live before um obviously she's sort of relatively new onto the scene coming up the rankings but so um that was quite good um after that I went to see quite a lot of men's doubles I saw the Lopez's lose 11-9 <laughs> in the third you, how many do you know how many Spanish players you saw um <laughs> over your over your kind of journey at Wimbledon I feel like it's feel like it was more than 10 yeah I mean I haven't been counting maybe I've lost <laughs> I, I might have lost count but uh, yeah I saw Muguruza yesterday uh the Lopez's oh Muna, but, um, Alcaraz. Muna Alcaraz PCB <laughs> yeah I do I do love to I mean there's so many of them they, they have such depth so it's quite easy to always find a Spaniard somewhere on a on a tennis court um yeah, and I yeah, I had a, a I mean it's just been so good, Joel, hasn't it, to to be there. It's it's felt like normal. I think this is the first time in the whole pandemic that I've actually felt like it was almost pre-pandemic, you know, in terms of being at tennis, being at Wimbledon, the atmosphere. And you know, I'm I'm really glad that we've had that opportunity. I'm I'm really happy that we were able to to you know, soak that up for a few days. And I think what's been quite interesting about today is that this is, I felt like the first day where the sun properly kind of came out and I think it dried kind of the courts out, particularly 
um, you know, on, on court one and center. I didn't see as much kind of slipping and sliding and, and players were able to kind of, I think, trust their movement a bit more. I think kind of Cam Norrie kind of picked that up, um, you know, in, in his match. So I think it was, it was quite nice to see that this, this felt like we were getting back to Wimbledon in terms of we're not kind of dwelling on the kind of controversies or, or the, drama in the in in terms of that grass that, that we've had already but I think the fact that today with the sun out and we've managed to get a completely full day of play without any sort of sign of rain I think has really kind of helped get the tournament back on track but I think it's kind of shown I think that the tournament is in its greatest light absolutely there's a you know a different buzz when when the sun's out and um <laughs> I, it, maybe it does... I was just on the pims too much and I was just yeah. in a happy mood I was going to say it does make some people go a bit too leery, which which can be a bit annoying sometimes. Um, I was on a few courts today and people were just like incessantly chatting and getting on my on, on slightly on my nerves. But I think maybe I'd had a bit too much sun as well, and so I was getting slightly aggravated. I mean, Kim, just just on that, I mean, perhaps the biggest surprise then is that in that Bedosa Petitsova match, I mean, Bedosa won very comfortably. We did not really see any. Pretense for fireworks. There was no racket throwing. There was no balls being hit into oblivion. Uh, it was very, it was very sedate by her standards. And watching it unfold, I mean, Bedosa looked very, very good. And you know, we've spoken about how challenging I think that transition is from you know clay to grass. And we've seen it particularly on the on the men's side as as taken out some some big names like Sissipas, for example. But Bedosa. I mean, her game looks very, yes, it's very well suited to a, to a clay court, but I, you know, watching that match live, I, I thought it quite, it, it looked very well and very adaptable, I think, to, to a grass court as well. Yeah, um, she had some fantastic ground strokes going. And I saw a bit of her match in Eastbourne and she lost out to Svitolina. So I was a bit sceptical about how she would be coming in into the grass. Um, I think she's certainly got a lot to prove on this surface, but I don't see why her game wouldn't um, be well adapted. And and actually, you know, she's gone further than, than Svitolina has because Svitolina lost today um, to Magda Lynette in, in straight sets, I think it was. So, you know, that's a bit... That's quite poor, really. You know, Svitolina, she was a semi-finalist two years ago and to, to now be going out in the second round kind of just shows you her game's really, like, she's really not where she, she would like to be and where she has been. She's kind of almost dropped off a bit of a cliff, really. Yeah, that was probably one of the biggest shocks um, of the day on, you know, on the women's side. Yes, other seeds went out like Azarenka, but mm. yeah, for Magda Lynette to kind of win that. I mean, Magda Lynette was playing some very, very good tennis, but... Svitolina, you know, coming into this season would have been one of those players thinking, you know, can this be my Grand Slam breakthrough? And it's been a very iffy, I think, season so far. And this really kind of um, summed it up. And she just was not able, I think, to make inroads on the the Lynette serve at all. And yeah, although I think she was kind of, I think she was, you know, her percentage, I think, on her first serves was actually quite high. I think it was around about 70%. But she was just not able to make inroads and Lynette was just very it was very routine for her which will be very disappointing I think for Svitolina because this was part of a draw I think that was sort of opening up I think in that you know top half with Ash Barty as well I think Svitolina would be disappointed she's not she's not even been able to make the second week 
Absolutely. And I mean, another seed that will be very disappointed is is Victoria Azarenka. And Joel, you were at this match. Mm. What, what did you make of it? Because, you know, she was up in that last set against yeah. Solana Castell. And, you know, Castell is a really tough opponent. Like we know that she can get, can get big wins on her day. And, you know, she's the one that came through 6-4 in the third in the end. So what what was the kind of crucial difference that that meant, you know, Castell finally was able to to get the win there? I mean, Azarenka's serve in the third set went completely walkabout, uh, mm. which kind of didn't help proceedings. She didn't, she had used all of her challenges as well uh, by kind of like the, the fourth game, which um, I think it was, it wasn't necessarily a factor, but I, it didn't, I think, help her cause. There were a few calls, I think, that she felt that she would have wanted to challenge at kind of pivotal moments. But Kaseya just kind of hung in there and, you know, it was very, it was a it was really a, a fierce battle. Both players were playing, I think, very, very good tennis. And I always kind of felt that Costello was was just telling herself to kind of hang in there in that third set. Coming and coming back from a very breakdown. We know how much of a, a fighter she is. And you know, I think she's she's been to the quarterfinals at a grandstand before. She knows kind of what it takes. But yeah, she was um she was very, very good and, and whatever kind of Azarenka had uh, you know, in her locker, particularly from the ground strokes, which were, you know, pretty solid, you know, throughout the match, I thought. But yeah, she was just able to kind of bring one more shot back. And there are a few moments as well where she hit some spectacular winners. And yeah, she will be very, very, very happy, I think, with that performance. She spoke about, <laughs> she spoke about in the on-court interview afterwards about the, the fans and the atmosphere and how great it was uh you know to have to have that and and be on kind of court one and it, it sort of reminded me it was it felt it was straight out of the Simona Hallett kind of playbook of uh, on court presentations because she was absolutely kind of uh you know bigging up the the crowd with with every answer to the the interviewer's questions but yeah she put in a very 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 decent performance yeah, I think she said that um, it was the best memory of her career. Yeah, <laughs> That's quite some praise, isn't it? But I do think a lot of the players are really just so thrilled mm. to have a, a big audience there. I mean, yesterday I was on uh, court three and a lot of them, you know, I've never seen players give so many like waves and, and blowing kisses to the crowd before. I thought, gosh, they're doing a, the full round, you know, and I think it's just because they're so it's so nice to have, you know, a big, big cheers, big crowd, um, it, you know, probably is potentially the biggest. I mean, maybe the AO, like for the finals, they had quite a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, consistently from kind of the first day at Wimbledon, you know, there's a lot of people, which is um, for the atmosphere, you know, is fantastic. And, and uh, I mean, Another standing ovation and, and atmosphere was over on um, court two for that Kerber match, which probably potentially match of the day. Um, everyone was ranting and raving about it. I haven't had a chance to kind of fully watch it, all the highlights. But um, yeah, we had Kerber, you know, former champion and Sara Cerebus Tormo, who has been, you know, in very good form this year. Um, and that was such a close match. Seven, five, five, seven, six, four to Kerber over three hours long. It was madness. Yeah, it was an absolute epic, and it felt it felt very much like the there were a lot of extended rallies, and I think that's what made it so dramatic and exciting for the fans was that we were getting these extended rallies, people were getting into it, and it was going you know one way or another. And Cerebes Tormo probably it, it, you know is one of those players who is very much a battler very much a I think a defensive player she loves to get the you know one more ball back in court and you know Kerber I think 
Kerber, you know, to I think the you know the same degree as well, and I think that just sort of made it such a yeah, it was such a fierce battle out there, given kind of what was on the line. No Serena Williams in that part of the draw anymore. You know, they probably would have sensed it was a big kind of opportunity, and you know, for Angelique Kerber, a player who. I think at Grand Slams definitely has, you know, in the past kind of few years, it's definitely blown, I think, more cold than hot, to be honest. Um, you know, she's really kind of bringing and peaking, I think, at the right time um, on the grass. And I think it was great to kind of see her kind of come through because I think she will have serious ambitions here, given her, you know, her previous kind of pedigree, um, you know, at the slam level and, and as a, you know, a former slam champion that she can go really far in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, I'm really glad that she came through. She's in my uh, semi-final predictions and I hope that she doesn't have a sort of hangover in the next round. Mm. I'm not sure actually who she's got, but I think coming through a big battle like this early on can often be like quite key for, for going deep because you've had to obviously dig deep and, and bring it out the out the bag when you've needed it most. And, you know, her resilience today, like definitely proved that she had to use her her champion qualities to come through so perhaps she is she is onto something she hasn't lost a match in a little while seeing she as she won bad homburg at the weekend so <laughs> um i mean another champion from the weekend ostapenko as well coming through mm. today again in a you really, were really annoyed about the match weren't you kim <sighs> well, Kazakina was my pick for the title. And do you know yes. what? I, I still can, can like believe that that isn't a bad pick, to be honest, because she, she did serve for the match twice in the third set. And I felt like Kazakina, it was on her hands. Um, but Ostapenko, you know, she she proved her worth and she came through 8-6 in the end. And I, I do think that was the, you know, that Kazakina, obviously, um, you know, that would have been a massive win for her. But yeah, I mean, Ostapenko, you can never... I mean, is she, how far is she going to go? If she, she's, you know, she's so oh, I know. She's, up and it, down, but yeah. she seems to be more I mean, up she's at the very, moment. She's <laughs> very, very up and down, isn't she? And again, another player who seems to be bringing some sort of form kind of to the table. And, you know, she's still quite, I think, quite streaky. And, you know, this isn't, you know, it, it still was very much, you know, she won that French Open title and it was a complete kind of surprise to everyone. And... I still think we're sort of back in that that situation of if Ostapenko was going to go and win, you know, the ladies' championships, it still for me would be a com- you know a complete surprise. I don't think she's kind of seeded here, but the way she's playing at the moment, she's just grafting and fighting through. She again has those experiences in her, you know, in the back of her head. She knows what kind of what it takes. And although I think there are some maybe murmurs that you know people. You know, we'll be looking to her and thinking, oh, maybe she could, you know, could do something here. I think, <laughs> yeah, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt because Ostapenko, I think, is one of those players where you do, I think you do genuinely have to just take it around at a time. Yeah, because she might turn up in her next match and just <laughs> be horrendous and off the ball completely. So, yeah, it, I, I wouldn't get too ahead of myself. And that's why I didn't pick her, you know, for the title. Despite her having one Eastbourne, I thought, oh, can she keep it up, you know, this for this number of matches? Um, you know, can she have that consistency? She's done it before, but you know we'll see. Um, but uh, I mean, uh, one player who is who has been very consistent of late, uh, Barbara Krajicheva, recent French Open champion. Uh, she said that you know she kind of came to Wimbledon with like zero expectations because she hasn't really had much time 
to prepare after Paris. And yet, yet she's, she's through to the third round. Uh, she came through against Petkovic today in straight sets. So her win streak is now 14 matches in total. And I think, you know, perhaps if, if she keeps just going through the draw with no expectations, just turning up round at a time, she could very well go deep here. I mean, I don't see why not. She, she has the game for it. And if she's, you know, her mentality and um, her attitude, you know, we saw at the French is, is very positive and, and, you know, she's very composed. So I don't see why, she, why she wouldn't be able to go deep here. Yeah, again, another player, I think, who is has done that transition very well from French Open to, to Wimbledon. Pavlochenkova, just to, just to kind of talk about both of the, you know, the, the ladies finalists at Roland Garros, both came through today. So as you said, Krichichka against Petkovic. Pavlochenkova came through against Kristina Pliskova, 6-3, 6-3 as well. So again, yeah, just very interesting, I feel like. I, d- I don't know what it is, but it's, it feels like at the moment the, the women are adapting or transitioning from the clay to the grass maybe a little bit better than the, the guys are um and i'm not sure you know i'm not sure why that is but it seems like form is is going to the uh you know it is going to the form book as they say and you know the players with kind of lots of matches uh you know one under their belt are, are kind of performing well and um you know we had mukova as well come through against camilla georgie that was a bit more bit more nervy uh, for Mukova fans, for Czech fans. She came through in three sets. Um, I guess another interesting one, Kim, Shelby Rogers against Maria Sakkari. Uh, Rogers coming through that in two tight sets, 7-5, 6-4. Now, Sakkari is one of those players, we saw how, I think, passionate she is and, you know, one of those very much likes to, you know, make the most, I think, of her ability. But yeah, Shelby Rogers unseeded. That's a, that's a big win for her. That's a nightmare draw, though, isn't it? Round two, Shelby Rogers at a slam. I don't think any anyone. It's like the Kaya Kanepi, isn't it? Of, of yeah, round two. <laughs> I, I think you know she beat uh, Kvitova at the US last year, and I think actually in the last year, Shelby Rogers has really made a bit of a name for herself as someone you don't particularly want to play. And I think that uh, Zachary fell a bit foul of that, and and perhaps Zachary hasn't you know hasn't had the best transition from from the clay, and perhaps there was a bit of a letdown from the, you know that semi final at the French where she had match point and um did not you know did not win uh, perhaps that was that's still on her mind a little bit i don't know um but i mean another czech player though you're talking about mukova um i mean karolina pliskova is through um but one czech player that isn't is marketa von Drusva because emma raducanu british wild card uh playing in her debut in the um you know, the seniors, uh, well, the adult, <laughs> adult event of Wimbledon anyway. <laughs> She's played in the juniors, of course. Um, she, she beat Marquette von Drusva in straight sets. What is that about? I was not expecting that mm. at all. And uh, that's two wins in two days for, for Radigani. Doing something Joe Conta couldn't do. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, it was, yeah, it, I think this is completely unexpected. I think for, you know, even the most diehard British fans, the fact that, I think she was a bit forgotten about because her round one match was on the Wednesday. Um, she came through against Diachenko, great win. Um, but you know that that felt like a that, that felt like quite a nice draw. But yeah, to come through against Von Drusova, who I think you know we have to say is you know grass isn't her I think best surface, but she's a Grand Slam. You know, she's a Grand Slam finalist, and to come through what two and four. Um, you know, against her 
first British woman into round three on her main draw debut in 42 years. Um, it's really, really impressive. And, you know, I think, you know, for British fans like myself, I think, you know, Radhikanu has been a name, I think, on people's lips the last kind of couple of years. You know, she's been earmarked for, I think, great success. And, you know, similar, I think, to kind of, you know, Jack, Jack Draper showed against Novak Djokovic when he won that first set. This very much feels like Radhikanu's kind of coming out event. And, you know, she's still, you know, she's still very young. She's still very much kind of learning and developing. But I really love the sort of fearless attitude she kind of brought to the court. And I think that fully kind of showed against Von Drusseva. And she wasn't intimidated. She just played her game. And she's, you know, she's now three to round three where, you know, she should hopefully be on a be on a show court. Yeah, I, I hope she is. She's got Castella, so I I don't know if that would be like a court one or maybe a court two job. Um, but I, th- I think, you know, she's exceeded anyone's expectations already. So she's kind of got absolutely nothing to lose against Castella. And, and Castella will feel that she is obviously expected to win. She might feel a bit of pressure from, you know, the fact that she's facing like a home hope. And <laughs> I don't think she's going to be, a, if, if Castella wins that, I don't think she's, she could say oh the atmosphere was fantastic because <laughs> you're going to feel that ra- that everyone is going to be cheering for Radicanu. absolutely yeah yes yeah. so Cassaire might change her mind about the crowd then but um <laughs> yeah I just think it's it's remarkable and I think it's nice that the wild cards have kind of proven their their worth you know with with Jack Japer um obviously Carlos Alcaraz got a wild card as well and obviously he's not British but um he won through into into the second round Faced Daniel Medvedev today. Now you were at that match, Joe, and, and obviously it was very one-sided. But I mean, I was wondering, Alcaraz, you know, he had a five-set match the day before. If that would maybe, you know, not help proceedings. But I assume Medvedev was just far too strong. <laughs> yeah, it was a very, very professional performance. I think from Medvedev, we actually had two wild cards. You know, we had Alex Bolt as well against Cam Nori. Oh, yes. um, but um, yeah, just on the Medvedev match, yeah, it was very kind of routine. I think the crowd, the crowd were very kind of receptive to Alcaraz, who was very kind of energetic and was really keen to kind of make inroads on the Medvedev serve. It rarely happened. And, you know, there was quite, I think, obviously, you know, you could see his talent, I think, on on court, particularly with some you know really big forehands. But I think there's also certainly areas for improvement. I don't think his you know his his volleying certainly I think needs to get better and you know he was his shot selection sometimes it felt like he was going to the drop shot a bit too often maybe as like a last chance saloon and wasn't really kind of working um but yeah I think Alcaraz you know he did as well as he he could have done but Medvedev was in pretty good form and I think you know what impressed me most about him was his his movement around the court because he has he has got a game that is is quite flat and you know that that in you know think you you think would work quite well you know and suit kind of the grass courts of Wimbledon and the one question mark I think for me was yeah his his movement around the court and maybe that was why the Alcaraz was was going to the drop shot you know quite a few times but in this match I think he kind of answered those questions in that he looks he looks fit and firing and you know he's got obviously a big booming serve as well he looked very very good and you know we we were speaking about his draw being quite difficult i think he's going to face marin chilich next so it's going to get even more difficult but this certainly was i think a good a good warm up for him um and alcaraz at the same time got to show kind of what what he's about on a tennis court as well 
Yeah. Oh, Medvedev, Chilich. That's, that's, I mean, I expect mm. Medvedev will come through, although for some reason I had put Chilich in the semi final. So somehow Chilich has, has magically <laughs> got to win that one. But, um, yeah, I saw a bit of Medvedev the other day. He did look very sharp. And what I actually enjoyed, I think it was the first time I've seen him play live. And I really enjoyed his speed between points. Like he just got on with it. He's very like no nonsense. Just yeah. get on with it, and yeah. you know, he likes. I think he does like to play to the crowd. There are a few kind of moments mm. in the match oh, yes. where he was like putting his finger to his ear, and I don't think he was particularly happy about the uh, the support that that Alcaraz I think was getting. Um, but I think he likes to play up to it, and I certainly think he has these kind of unique kind of mannerisms that you don't necessarily see. I think when you're watching on TV, but when you see it in person, I do think he's the sort of like the most quirky one i think of the you know of of kind of sispas medvedev and zverev yeah i actually think he's probably one of the best players to watch live mm, in terms yeah. of that crowd interaction if you've got a big arena because yeah i like you said it you know if there was a great point he'd be goading the crowd and it, it's, it's fun to be there live and, and watch him so <laughs> everyone everyone had a little bit of a giggle as well when he, he hit a really bad shot and he went Oy, oy, oy. And he's got like these weird <laughs> kind of, yeah, tendencies that I think, yeah, just kind of, uh, were just quite fun to, to kind of witness. But, uh, I guess, I guess the most interesting thing he, he said again on his, his interview afterwards was that he was impressed with Alcaraz's, his level and, you know, the fact that he's so early on in his Grand Slam career and the fact that he's getting to, you know, the, the second round. And, and he thinks that Alcaraz could be, in his words, top 10 or even higher. Now, wh- where do you, Kim, where do you kind of stand on that? I think you've probably seen more Alcaraz kind of matches than I have. Obviously, there's, I think, big expectations on him. You know, he's, ob- you know, he's very much, I think, firmly in the Rafael Nadal shadow at the moment. But, you know, with, I guess, one Carlos Ferrero in your, in your camp, are you, where, where are you seeing kind of the, the trajectory for, for Alcaraz going? Yeah, I think at the moment his game is too one-dimensional. So obviously he needs tons of work um, and to, to develop, you know, more depth and um, variety. But certainly, I think if he, <laughs> I think he will be probably um, going up the rankings a lot due to probably a lot of great performances next year on the clay. I would imagine that might, you know, elevate his ranking up. And then it's going to take a good few years, though. I think I don't, I don't think he's. Yeah. I certainly think it's possible, but he needs to do a lot of work. He's 19, isn't he? Exactly. And I do, I do, it, I do find it annoying when players have all this pressure on them at such a young age. And I always feel like, you know, Richard Gasquet, I think he was someone who was very, very hyped very early on. And that just, you know, I think he just froze under that spotlight and that pressure and never really achieved what we maybe had, some people had thought. Um, and obviously with Carlos Alcaraz, like being Spanish, yeah, people were thinking, oh, he's the new Rafa. And, you know, <laughs> of all the people to be compared to, that is just, I know. It's you know, like, the expectation. Oh, saddled with, from, yeah, saddled <laughs> with so much, uh, so much pressure and expectation. I mean, you know, we, I think, you know, you talk about Gasquet, we saw that again with, you know, I think with Dimitrov, um, you know, being called baby fed, uh, you know, all those, all those years ago. Um, you know, he went out today to Alexander Bublik in straight sets. Um, that was a bit, that for me was a, you know, I thought that was at least going to go for, I mean, there were two tie breaks in there, but you know, Bublik is having a, a very good season to, to take out Dimitrov. Not hugely, I think, unexpected. Um, I mean, let's just look at some of the other results. Uh, we had just talking of kind of, teenagers we had Felix Auger Aliassime win I think he was the last 
men's singles match anyway uh, on court. He came through against Emer uh, of Sweden in four, sets up a match, very tasty match against Nick Kyrgios, who his yeah who is you know he's he's through to round three he i think he called himself a part-time player he said not bad for a part-time player against umber uh it, after his match against umber in round one he came through against Mayer um in straight sets today that is going to be that is going to be a very fascinating one and i have no doubt we're going to see more of kind of nick kyrgios talking to himself he's probably going to talk to the crowd as well I think there's going to be a lot of lot of interaction going on there, and you know, for FAA, I, I, I always think with Nick Kyrgios matches, one of the big biggest challenges is not to get distracted by it. Yeah, don't get distracted by his antics. <laughs> just just focus on don't what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. Um, but oh, that that is a top draw match. I have to say, that's I didn't realise that that was the draw. Actually, I, I was wondering who Kyrgios, you know, who would be um in that section with, and I think when he turned up, you know, I wasn't really maybe expecting him to get beyond him bear I thought oh you know I'm not even going to look at where Kyrgios might end up in the draw but yeah he, he's done well and I'm you know he, sh- he he obviously has a fantastic game for grass and perhaps he's not putting too much pressure on himself because he's just sort of rocked up he loves Wimbledon he's just gonna play and not expect too much that is the Nick Kyrgios way isn't it I, I do think that you know there is only a certain number of players you would look at and think any given day, whatever or however little tennis they have played, I can expect this guy to to play, you know, really well. I think you know Nick Kyrgios and his serve is is one of those is one of those players. And regardless, I think of of how little he's played, you know, he's referring to himself as a part time player. He's just got all the tools and and the talent available to him. And you know, with this, I think no expectation. Maybe he does see it as a bit of a jolly coming over from Australia to play Wimbledon. Maybe he goes back to Australia afterwards. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, he's just playing with no pressure. And it's going to be a really fascinating match, I think, against FAA, who I think will be playing with, you know, a bit more, a bit more pressure. And I think, you know, we've seen in the past that do funny things to him. You know, he's, we've spoken about his finals record. And, you know, I think he's going to have to do well to, I think, play the occasion as what, as, as well as, Sorry, he's going to need to play the occasion as much as as play the match as well. Yeah, I think I'd give. I'd say Kyrgios is actually the favourite for that match, just because of that. I think Felix has got a lot of like pressure on him to perform well, and like you said, Kyrgios potentially on a bit of a jolly. Um, <laughs> how funny would it be if he went and you know got to the semi? <laughs> what a slap on a jolly! I was like, yeah, just signed up last minute. Blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I mean, just before we talk about day three Joel um just a note as well Cam Norrie did really really well against another Aussie Alex Bolt um you know a very comfortable win I I did see that Cam was three love down at the start but promptly came back and didn't lose many games after that thankfully forget those first three games yeah he needed a little bit of a you know time I guess to bed in but that was a really impressive ruthless performance really Uh, after those three games it never really looked in doubt and again just watching him in person kind of courtside it's just fantastic to see how much his game has improved and it is very it is very very solid now it's not doesn't look like there's meant too many kind of weaknesses there and He's going to come up against Roger Federer next, who I think is, you know, is back to winning ways. He had Richard Gasquet, someone who's had a very, very good 
head-to-head record against. I think he was 18 and two going into going into their match. But you know, Nori and, and Federer. I think Nori is going to give Federer a very very stern examination of his credentials potentially for the you know the rest of the week. Well, the rest of the tournament. I would absolutely. This might be a miraculous dream world but imagine if Norrie beat Federer how like mm, amazing yeah. would that be but <laughs> wishful thinking I just hope he does um I hope he does himself proud I mean like, he's in the best happens. form he's in his, exactly. in the best form he's in the best form um he's in the best shape possible going in going into that match so you know who know who knows where that is going I'm I'm just fascinated to see what the what the crowd's reaction is going to be are they going to be cheering for Norrie they're going to be cheering for Federer, it's are they going to be cheering for both? Are they going to be just going to be cheering for tennis? It's going to be a very, I think, interesting one in terms of what the the fan dynamic is with the crowd. Yeah, because they absolutely love Federer, and yeah, <laughs> I, I genuinely think Federer may get more support, and that's not anything to do with like Norrie. It's just the Wimbledon crowd and Federer. Just you know, they just seem to be like <laughs> uh, so aligned. But um, we shall wait with that uh wait for that one with with bated bated breath breath. exactly (laughs) um let's take a quick break now but we'll be back very shortly for the second half and we'll look at back at all the results from day three uh including the andy murray match so do not go anywhere This episode of The Passing Shot is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming to ensure you can always have new balls, please. And just in time for the grass court season, Manscaped have launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the appropriately titled Lawnmower 4.0. Over lockdown, tending to my nether regions has become an important routine, including the all-important issue of ball trimming. I love the lawnmower's smooth, comfortable grooming experience that gives me next-level attention to detail. And it makes an excellent gift for a male partner, friend or family member who maybe has a bit too much ball fuzz down there. So the Lawnmower 4.0 will serve up a right treat. Use Manscaped now with our exclusive code PSPOD20 to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. That's PSPOD20. Links in the description. Your balls will thank you. This is The Passing Shot with Joel and Kim, supported by DownloadTennis.com. And now we're going to move on to look at Wednesday at Wimbledon, uh, which, you know, we have, there's only one place we can start, Joel, and that is with the Andy Murray match. Andy Murray against German qualifier Oscar Otter. Five set match, finished about half ten at night. They stopped to close the roof halfway through. Um, I mean, this, the crap, I mean, let's just start with the crowd, first of all, because my word, like we both experienced it firsthand. And I don't think I've ever been in a crowd so vocal and so um, energized. And it wasn't even full, you know, Centre Court was not full, but the, the energy and the noise was amazing. It, I, I definitely think this is one of those matches where the fans got, I think, Andy Murray over the line in that fifth set. You know, he was down two sets to one. He was, I think he became... After that first set, he became very passive, I think, in terms of his play. He wasn't, he wasn't making, you know, easy shots. He hit a very routine smash. One of the worst smashes I think I've ever seen Andy Murray play um, into the net. It just was not looking very good and he needed some sort of spark, some sort of 
inspiration and he got that from the crowd you know he was roaring he was you know he was looking at you know people in the crowd for inspiration there were people in kilts there were people in scottish rugby tops um and it was just great to see that that interaction and i think that was one thing that i think that helped and helped energize him i also think having the roof on there's some just something about the atmosphere with the roof on that it the place just becomes electrified and i certainly think that helped him as well um and it was just it was just a fantastic occasion and you got to say oscar otto he probably played the game of his life i mean german qualifier he had already played a five set match that went you know he had won 13 12 he put an incredible performance on show and the only reason i think that we're you know the, well the reason we're talking about this match as being so spectacular was just, I think both players had to find a level of tennis that, you know, they had not, uh, you know, they had not uh, experienced or achieved, you know, for Murray for quite a while, I think, but for Os- Oscar Otter, I don't think potentially in his, his career so far. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice, isn't it? When you get a qualifier coming through big match, you know, the crowd, and although he's lost, you know, he will always, remember that match and like you said they you know it is funny how people sort of turn up and just have like the match of their life against you know a top name I think we're gonna see Oscar Otter in this Dustin Brown category of of grass quarters is my sort of my gut feeling because of this match I think he's he's already established that like legacy because his his game was just incredible you know it wasn't you know it 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 wasn't just a big serve It, it just was he had very solid ground strokes. He had excellent touch at the net. There were some volleys that he he put in that match that I was just like, is this guy like, you know, is this guy Roger Federer? Like it was just, it was just channeling some, you know, some talent that I, you know, I was not, I was just not expecting from a qualifier. And, you know, I think, you know, I think this again is, is one of those stories you've got to put in the, you know, the Aslan Karatsev, uh, you know, scrapbook in terms of the the depth i think on the you know the atb tour particularly on the challenger tour you know further down the rankings again this is just another example of that and you think you know you know these guys oh they might not be playing week in week out on the atp tour therefore you know you don't think they're very good well you know that's completely wrong uh, karatsev has proved that and i think you know oscar otter has now proved that as well yeah, it'll be interesting to see you know, like if his name keeps popping up a bit more on the tour and and where he can go from here. He's not, you know, I thought he was going to be quite a young guy actually, but he's well, he's about twenty seven. So I think the only thing I knew about Oscar was that Federer played him once at Roland Garros, and I think wasn't that that he was the there was that thing about Federer playing someone with every um from every alpha oh, letter oh, of the alphabet yes. or something and oscar otter <laughs> was like the o that federer played so that's all i had pretty much known about oscar otter <laughs> um i mean he and, did take he did take two sets off zverev um in round one at the, the oh, french open yes. just um, yeah the first two sets hmm. yes and then and then zverev just kind of flip the switch and, and then we won kind of very comfortably the next three but yeah it was a very it was a very good performance but I mean you know yeah just talking about Andy Murray I mean he's now five and two in five set matches uh at Wimbledon um you know you might remember he's beaten Songa, Vadasco, Vavrinka, Gasquet can now add Otter to that list 
So he does love five set matches. Uh, and it was great, I think, to see, you know, not maybe necessarily not as much for his hopes in, in the next round, but particularly to see his body get like the full workout, you know, the strain that he was kind of put under. I think it was almost in a weird sort of way. It was almost kind of pleasing to see that because we've had so many questions about how's the hip and, you know, how's the body and how's the groin and, you know, the fact that he had to come, you know, dig so deep and, and come through this, you know, finish it, you know, past 10.30 at night in five sets. It just showed you, I think, that, you know, touch wood, but his body is in is in full working order. Well, let's hope so. I do wonder, though, because, you know, he had this phase where he became very passive, looked very tired. They sh- they stopped for the roof again. And it almost feels like Andy just needs an interval in all of his matches where he can <laughs> go off, have a bit of a breather, reset himself. And I, f- I feel obviously he'll be the last match on centre against Shapovalov on, uh, well, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. So will they just time it so that it can be as late as possible? So there's inevitably going to have to be a, you know, stopping for the roof moment. I mean, it's interesting. I saw Shapovalov in his first round match. I'm like thinking, is he playing as well as Oscar Otter? I I don't think he is. But, you know, it's, I really don't know what to expect because I'm just, you know, having seen what Andy was able to to do to get over the finish line, I, I actually do have a bit more faith that he might potentially be able to, get past Shapovalov I don't know I think we know with Shapovalov when he comes up against like very top opponents you know like like the big three for example he always I think puts a good account of himself in there but never is able to get over the the Mm. finish line and you know I think he will kind of see this as an opportunity to kind of prove prove the doubters wrong there um, against someone of, of Murray's caliber as you said, the way Oscar Otter was playing, it was just so it was just so above his 151st ranking in the world that yeah, I'm I'm you know Shapovalov, even though he didn't you know I think Andahar was his opponent and had to kind of pull out, even though he didn't have a second round match to play. Um, I, I think yeah, he's gonna he knows he's in for a fight. Yeah, and he's up against, you know, hopefully another mammoth crowd uh, with, you know, megawatt <laughs> volume on, on well, tomorrow. Um, because, yeah, that crowd was something else. And, yeah, I did love how everyone got behind Andy. You know, made you feel really proud and and just, yeah, joyful. So <laughs> it was such a great moment. And, um, I mean, you know, Andy beat Songer in 2016 in that five-set match. She beat Vadaska in 2013. That's the year he... He won the title. I'm not for a second suggesting Andy Murray is going to win Wimbledon this year, but you know, it's a, I don't know, perhaps there's something in that, but um, yeah, I mean, perhaps, I mean, Dan Evans, you know, another Brit, we've got three British men through to the third round. So that's fantastic. Dan Evans, um, he came through against Lajevic straight sets. Um, I was very pleased with, with Dan's performance. Um, You know, it was a very simple, match these you know as the 22nd seed which he is this year you know these are the sort of matches that you absolutely want to come through you know with ease and and not get embroiled into difficulties and um yeah he's into the third round for I think the third third straight year which is yeah fantastic it's by far and away his his best slam you know he's had issues of late at the at the other slams you know converting his good form on the tour into you know actual match wins at slams so it's really good that he's actually getting some under his belt here 
Yes, definitely. And just kind of looking at other British players as well. I mean, the other, I think, standout performance, not necessarily with the right, you know, the right winning result, um, was Katie Bolter versus Arena Sabalenka, a match that I was also, um, fortunate to watch. And yeah, I mean, let's kind of talk about that one, Kim, because, you know, Sabalenka came through four, six, six, three, six, three. But I think, you know, for British fans to, to watch, that that level from Bolter, I you know, I've got to be honest. I I did not expect to see that level from Bolter. I didn't actually think she had it in her, and you know, I you know, we saw glimpses of it. I think earlier in the season, you know, she took a set off Osaka on on the hard courts in I think in in America. But to really kind of come out against Sabalenka, someone who I think you know when she's opposite the net can be quite intimidating. You know, could potentially blow you off the court with you know the power that she kind of possesses with her her ground strokes and a serve and 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 Bolter was just she was just having none of it and particularly her returns I think were, were one of the reasons I think that she was just causing so many problems for for Sabalenka yeah I mean Bolter's ranked like outside the top 200 at the moment you know she has been higher and she just yeah I think she was you know Sabalenka's known for obviously being very aggressive and taking it to her opponents and I think Katie was just kind of like well I'm gonna play her at her own game and and come out the same and um yeah I've never seen her play so well um it was it was fantastic to see and you know I think what she said after the match you know although she didn't get the victory like the way she was playing was obviously just fantastic and if she can keep that form up against other opponents then take that momentum going you know going into the rest of the year then you've got to say her ranking's going to go up and she will hopefully have like more opportunities Definitely. if she can keep that form going and you know stay fit and healthy um but yeah like really fantastic because I was wondering if it was going to be a bit of a whitewash um when I saw that lineup <laughs> you know that's what I thought and you know in the you know, the opening bolter service games particularly on the second serve Sabalenka was standing like you know two three feet inside the baseline and I, I was wondering oh she's gonna absolutely eat this you know Bolter <laughs> serve alive and you know all, all credit to Bolter you know I think she, I think she earned the respect uh, you know of, of Sabalenka in that match because she had to back off she had to bide her time and you know in that third set it was you know there was a, a moment where I think you know, Sabalenka, I think, was serving for it or was serving to be one game away from winning. And it was on the on it went to juice many, many times. And she really had to bring out her best tennis to, to get herself over the line. And I was almost as much as I was surprised by Bolter's level, I think, in that match. I was also surprised we didn't see Sabalenka kind of self-combust on court because she just kind of kept a lid on things. And even though she, she wasn't having it her own way with the British fans as well, um, which she, she playfully acknowledged in afterwards, she was like, hey guys, I know you supported Bolter like that. Can you support, can you support like that for me in my next match, please? Um, but yeah, it was, I think it was again, a level of maturity. I think that we've not necessarily seen from some Sabalenka too many times at a slam in, in terms of not self combusting and just, being focused on the job at hand. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it just, um, I mean, Sabalenka had never been beyond the second round here. So I think she'll be quite relieved that she, <laughs> she escaped Katie and probably in a way it, it might help her having, you know, had to dig deep as well and come up against, um, maybe a, a bit of a surprise opponent. Um, so I think she's got, uh, I don't know what the rest of her draws like actually. I think 
she's the second seed. I mean, she's going to be going into it. I, I mean, I'm not sure who it is either, but she's going to be going into it as the favourite. And, you know, we saw at the French Open, I think the uh, the, uh, the further on she got into it, the more kind of pressure there was there and she wasn't able to handle it. And I think this will be another sort of bite at the cherry in, term, in terms of kind of, of dealing with it. But um, it'll be interesting to see, I think, how kind of she gets on. I mean, another kind of top player back on the, the men's side who looked very, very good, um, Novak Djokovic against Kevin Anderson. Kim, all I've got to say here is he hit six unforced errors in the whole match, one in straight sets. It was just very very ruthless and he made Kevin Anderson a player who's got to a Wimbledon final before just look very very ordinary Jack Draper is going to be the only person to win a set isn't he <laughs> I mean there's just I can't see anyone else Jack Draper is going to be like you know if, if Novak wins the tournament Jack Draper can say well you know <laughs> I got the set <laughs> the only set against him yeah he was scarily good Novak um it's not really much more to say. He was just no, awesome. No. Um, good luck to any of his opponents uh, trying to come up against him. Uh, Dennis Kudler tomorrow, he's got a big serve. Um, so maybe Cudler there might be a tie break. The, you know, Kudler does love playing on a on a grass court. Yeah. I think he's reached the, he has reached like the third round before, not for a while, but, you know, he he did well, I think, in Not- Nottingham Challenger, I think a few, few weeks ago. Um beat dan evans so you know he definitely knows his his way around a grass court but again Djokovic is showing he's just got so many kind of t- tools in his locker and again the serve the serve and the number of aces and three points i feel like this is a goran Ivanisevic influence that is is paying real dividends i think at the moment and particularly in terms of this season he's not having to graft absolutely every single point he's winning quite a lot of three points and again in this match against Anderson, he just did not look like losing his serve because of the the number of unreturned first serves he was serving and the number of aces also he was serving. Yeah, definitely. Uh, listeners, if you want to watch very one-sided matches, <laughs> tune in to Novak Djokovic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, let's just cover some of the other uh, results of note, I suppose, from Wednesday. Uh, we had two seeds go out, uh, Sophia Kenin and Bianca Andreescu. They both pretty much got thrashed. Uh, Kenin lost to Madison Brengel, fellow American. Um, what's notable, I think, about Kenin's defeat? It was very quick, 45 minutes. Oh she my was, God. she was off 41 <laughs> unforced errors. So that's almost one per minute. Uh, which I think in terms of the record, I think that's the worst ratio of any women's match for probably since the history of time um on the tour <laughs> <laughs> so i mean she had a right shocker um i wonder what her dad said you know he doesn't coach her anymore but i bet he was having <laughs> he words. was probably shouting at the tv all, all the way back home i think yeah i was just awful um andreescu as well we had that her match against cornet uh earmarked and that was completely different to what we expected <laughs> Not much better, was it? Yeah, Cornet won six two six one. Um Cornet has now subsequently lost to Tom Janovic today. But um yeah, I Andreescu, not not other races. So I mean at least she didn't retire from her match. That's that's one thing. No, she got yeah, through true. it. <laughs> that that is a positive. <laughs> I mean one one player who is you know, I think went went through today, um, is on Sorry, no, I don't think play today, but is on a very good win streak at the moment. We've spoken about her before because she is the Berlin champion, Ludmilla Samsonova. I think she's on a nine-match winning streak, and she had a very handy uh, 
round two win against Jessica Begula, who's having a fantastic season, 6 4 3 6 6 3. Uh, you know, she was in here on a wild card. Again, another wild card doing mm, really well. Yeah. First round three at a Grand Slam. She, I think, is going to take some stopping. Yes, I was I was really pleased actually that she's kind of carried on that good form and she's actually got uh, as a reward she's on court 1 against Sloane Stevens tomorrow. So uh that could be quite an interesting matchup. I I feel like that's kind of 50-50 based on Samson Over's mm, recent yeah. form. Yeah, she might be a lot lower ranked but Stevens is certainly beatable for her. If she's beating the likes of Pagula, you know, Stevens hasn't yes, she's got, you know, a few big wins of late but is she is she really up there? You know, <laughs> um, another player, Belinda Bencic also had a shocker. Uh, I saw that match and oh, yes. she was really uh, not. It's Kaya Yuvan, was that? Yeah, uh, Kaya Yuvan, who I think is Igor Shriontek's like best friend, uh, which is all I really know about her. I think she's also into the third round. Yeah, she won, today she won well. again today against Burrell of France. But yeah, Bencic was getting so worked up, blaming her team. I thought really quite bad attitude on court. Um, so yeah, Yuvan did really well and, and is now into the third round. So um, yeah, some some other names coming through. Um and obviously Muguruza is through. Muguruza's got on Jabor, um, tomorrow. That, that's a very appetizing match. And that, that. Muguruza has looked very, very good. Probably, maybe arguably shown some of the best tennis, uh, you know, in the women's draw, I think so far. So to come up against on Jabor, that's going to be a real stern challenge for her. I think both players will look at that and think that it's winnable. Um, but Muguruza, I think, will want to make sure that she kind of continues continues deep into the tournament because I think she genuinely will have serious hopes of of winning another, you know, winning another, uh, you know, ladies' title because you know she's got previous here, she's in good form, and th- there's not, you know, there's not there's not many people I think in the the women's draw I would say who you know I've seen play tennis and be like, yeah, they could live with. Gabinia Muguruza. Yeah, she looked. I saw her match um, yesterday against Patinama Kirkova, um, who I'd never seen play before. But she, yeah, she was pretty decent. But um, yeah, Muguruza was. She looked so determined, and she was really on it. You could tell that she was going after everything, and just was, had the intensity I hadn't seen from anyone else that, to match Muguruza so far. So yeah, I think she'll come through Yabor. I mean, Yabor had a good win over Venus, but I think Muguruza should have this please don't disappoint me i haven't predicted her for a reason every time i do she doesn't do anything so i i thought i can't put the kibosh on her uh but yeah tomorrow's order of play is actually fantastic centical your boy muguruza evans against corda you love a bit of seb corda don't you Joel? i know what do you think so is gonna good. happen in that one who knows and then you've got shapovalov <laughs> murray i mean you've got the bricks brits on center court and novak djokovic has been pushed out relegated to number one court court against uh cuddler um and you've got samsonova stevens merton's keys i was i thought that was a bit of an interesting choice as a as a number one court match i don't know what else there is (laughs) i mean they could have well yeah i mean no fair enough i mean that that's probably quite i'd say merton's is is obviously got the most consistency of, of late but that could potentially be a three-set tussle, so I don't think it'd be a bad match. Um, they may very well put if if any of those matches finish, you know, if the, if the play finishes early, they may throw on a 
a British doubles pairing or something afterwards. I mean, just looking at some of the outside courts, court three, Kim, we've got Fabio Fornini versus Andre Rublev. Oh, is Fognini uh, still going? I, I yeah, haven't really heard yeah. anything about him yeah. this morning. He's been very quiet. He he's been very quiet. He's, I don't think he's been yeah. on. I mean, has he has he been on the fines list yet? I mean, he's probably. <laughs> he, let's be honest, he probably has. Um, but it, or, or if he hasn't, I feel like there's going to be there is going to be some massive anger issues, isn't there? In that Fognini Rublev match, those both those players could quite fire uh, you know, on a good day. I think could get quite quite uh you know could quite get quite fiery uh schwartzman Fuchovic as well follows that match so some quite tasty matches on court three uh you've got kurt fur versus rba semi-finalist last time carolina Pliskova against martinkova of czech republic um so yeah some very tasty kind of singles matches to look forward to tomorrow uh you've got tiafo catching of Shelby Rogers, Rybakina, Kim. Ooh, could Rogers keep it up? Ooh, come on, Rybakina. I've predicted you to go deep. <laughs> um, and she's an old collector set. So uh, Coco Goff's still going, isn't she? She won today. And uh, Berrettini came through as well. So we've still got a few players darting around for collector set. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be back, I suppose. Well, actually, no, I won't be back for our th- third round catch up. Um, the lovely Lee is filling in once again. So, um, you and Lee can dissect everything that happens, um, over the next few days on, on the weekend when we don't have play on, on Sunday, do we? This will be the last year where there is no, no play. With the forecast and the, the amount of rain we had in those first two, I did wonder, is this going to be, is is uh you know is the is middle Sunday going to get its final outing with with play, um but it looks like we've kind of caught up with everything, um so that doesn't look like it necessarily will be the case. But yes, listeners, we will be back on Sunday. It will be myself and Lee at tennis on telly. Kim is on holiday, so we uh we're going to be doing the round three catch up. So I hope you can join us for that um remember listeners to subscribe to us to stay up to date on all things wimbledon on your podcasting platform of choice whether that's apple Podcasts, spotify Castbox, stitcher or you can listen to us as well on the downloadtennis.com app and if you have been enjoying our round by rounds or our tour catch-ups and you want to help the show out then make sure to leave us a rating and comment on apple podcasts and you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Passing Shot Pod. So do give us a like and follow if you don't already uh, so you can keep up to date with us and let us know any thoughts or feedback or questions you may have as well. And if you prefer, you can also email the show PassingShotPod at gmail.com. And I will be back with Lee on Sunday for our round three round by round catch up. So I hope you can join us for that. And we will see you again soon. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.